1: This is ESPN Radio. Your facial expressions are uh, Alan getting in touch with an inner Amber Wilson lawyer, defending why he thought Britney Spears was just a regional phenomenon. Regional. Never mind the fact she sold 150 million records before she went yeah, off the like rails. like two years,
2: man. It's cool. <laughs> two <Get> it. <laughs> years. I did it. We're you just, know? We're just but, stopping that But right Freddie, But, Freddie, we, 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 uh, yeah. we failed the listeners. How do we, we fail the them? Listeners? How because do we fail them? I'm getting tweets.
1: Okay. I'm sure you're I, at, at I Hate Yates, by the way. That's his handle.
2: I'm pretty sure we let Amber get away with something oh, we no. shouldn't have. Wow. Oh, what no. Wow. What happened? Because she had the audacity. Oh, no. <laughs> the unmitigated dog. The doll. unmitigated doll. What did I do
0: now? What did I do now? She compared
2: <laughs> Britney Spears. Uh-huh. Hundred fifty million sold. You know we got to preface that now. Yeah. Walk, oh, no. yeah, the oh flag. I know where walk, this is walk, going welcome, because the Bay Hives coming after me, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I know exactly oh, where this is going. Yeah. I'm gonna let them get you. Yeah. I don't know if Aretha Franklin has a hive, but they're gonna get you. For oh that, okay. You Aretha Franklin. Okay. Aretha Franklin has a hive. To Aretha okay. Franklin, everyone's like, did she just? Slight way get away with that. I did not
0: compare that. Hold on, no, 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 no. I just asked you, do you know who Aretha Franklin is? The only reason I was asking you that is because you are in your thirties, and Aretha Franklin obviously is an artist that is much older than you, the H. So I was just saying, hey, you also know who were the artists that were very, very popular in your parents' heyday, right? Or had music careers that started before you were alive. That was my only point. I'm not comparing the two careers or the longevity. The Lasting ability of the music. I am not comparing that Aretha Franklin saying. more yeah. talented yeah. vocally than like Britney you, Spears. That's you, not even a, a conversation. You could had. go
2: on Spotify and be like, "Yo, play me like a cleaning playlist." Aretha gonna be on there, Joel?
1: You, For you, sure? You know, two people will be on that: Aretha Franklin and Dolly Parton. Without you know who question, who ain't on there though? Britney Spears is okay. not on there. I know. I I'm get just, it. I'm just I saying. Get- some
2: music is long. It. I mean, there I is know, some, There's bangers from Britney Spears,
0: man. There's not none
2: that you can play while you're casually cleaning on a Sunday morning. I, I, would, I, would, clean to <laughs> I would, would clean to toxic. I would clean to
0: toxic. But you haven't.
1: You but won't. you haven't.
0: But I would.
1: Are you going to?
0: You know no. what else this conversation? <laughs> no. No. About to, no. She's about to I'm dump some dishes coffee today on to toxic. Just to do it. Like, you guys you haven't know, mentioned my coffee me. mug today also. Britney
1: Spears has not been talked about this much in terms of her music career, and it all because of what happened last week with Victor Wimby If Britney Spears had never gotten involved in that, she still would not be talked about as far as that goes. Is, my your, is your is
2: your mug
0: empty?
1: Yeah, by the way. No, my coming? mug is back up
0: with the coffee. Okay, yep. This is a new one yeah. that is also the size of my face. Yes. Pat, I know you guys, I told you I have an entire Pat collection.
2: I this- cu- found a cup you left
1: up here. Oh, good Lord. Oh, so, is uh, that what we're doing? You see really, that? Pat, you're see, watching that what we're right doing? now on
0: ESPNU. Pat is quite literally holding up a bucket.
1: Exactly. <laughs> like a Halloween, like a, bucket. a Halloween bucket. A Halloween really, bucket. That's what we're doing to poor Amber. That's, <laughs> that's, what we're like, doing.
0: that's how I like my like, big yeah, mugs. It's, it's and my like, coffee
2: mug.
1: Yeah, she likes big mugs. She cannot lie like she just said. Freddie, <laughs> she
2: holding the cup. Like, remember that scene on Friday where Chris Tucker was trying to drink the yes. juice and he had both hands on it? Uh-huh. She got to hold all her mugs with
1: two hands so well, she don't spill it. Well, put it this anywhere. way. Amber's able to get her coffee drinking in and also do curls at the same time with a coffee mug.
0: Gets, we're exactly. building it's a workout
1: it's a workout exactly. we're building
0: multitasking that's <laughs> what w- i'm doing here on the morning show
1: keep weighing in on twitter your britney spears tweets always work welcome to us at amber W Sports. amber's handle my handle at coleman espn and speaking of tweeting kevin durant was at it again on social media but not in a bad way when we're going to bring context he said no one is thinking about the fans he's talking about Damian lillard wanting to be traded out of Portland, wanting to be moved to Miami. That's what his agent put out there. It's Miami or bus. And Amber's happy about that, being a Miami Heat fan. And when it comes to that and that trade request, Kevin Durant said, no one is thinking about the fans. And should the Blakers focus on doing the right thing by their fans or Dame? Now, Josh Eberle clapped back at him. He said, would you rather build around, for example, Scoot Henderson, who they just drafted, and other players, and a third guy who is awesome slash exciting? My point is fans' best interest does not have to align with players and vice versa. Kevin Durant replied, excuse me, I don't think anybody involved is thinking about the fans when making these decisions. Fans would just deal with it and be happy as usual. You may not like the message at times from Kevin Durant, but in this case, my opinion, that doesn't mean he's wrong.
0: So there's always this tension here between where the fans' loyalty lies. Because some people say, well, the fans, they shouldn't side with the billionaire, right? Like, they should be fans of the individual players. And it's not that fans side with the billionaire. It's that the fans are fans of teams first. And that's the reality of the situation. So when front offices or owners are making decisions typically the fan does end up in the end supporting that decision because their allegiance is to their team first and to the players that play for that team second Damian Lillard when he's a member of the Miami Heat the Trailblazers fan might wish him well but that ain't their guy anymore they're not gonna be out here rooting undyingly for Damian Lillard like maybe they want him to do well fine but they're gonna still be watching their Blazers and they're gonna be rooting for Scoot Henderson to become the next or maybe even better Damian Lillard that's the reality of the situation because that's their guy and so I don't totally agree with what Kevin Durant's saying here that the front office isn't thinking about the fan inadvertently. The front office is because the fan is thinking about what's best for The Trailblazers, ultimately, they want their team to be the best that their team can be. And the front office also is thinking about what is ultimately best for this franchise as a whole. The front office is determined that building around Scoot Henderson makes a lot more sense for this franchise in that market. They have a lot more time to do it with Scoot Henderson, a much younger player, if they believe that they hit there in that third overall pick. Then they take their time and they build around him and build up a championship winning team. It's a privilege they don't feel like they have anymore with Damian Lillard at 33. So the philosophy has shifted, but it's not a philosophy away from the fan. This isn't the Blazers trying to do wrong by right. the fan trading away Damian Lillard. Ultimately, they're trying to do right. They're trying to get pieces back for Damian Lillard and build towards a championship in their own right around Scoot.
1: Let me school people out there. Now you, Aaron Wilson, because you have more education than I ever will. You've forgotten more than I will ever know. But I will school fans out there when it comes to this. Ownership groups care about you as long as you care about funding their, their pursuits. And that's what it comes down to. The Portland Trail Blazers are different because they're the only game in town. I know they got an MLS team, but the Trail Blazers have been there for a long, long time. Generation after generation after generation of fans have been involved in Portland Trail Blazers basketball in that area. So they know exactly what kind of investment that that community has in that team. But that doesn't mean that they're going to concern themselves with the longtime fans or the current fans when it comes to making decisions. To your point, Damian Lillard tried everything possible to try to win a championship in that city for that organization. It just didn't work out, and he finally came to that realization. Fans are not going to be as critical of the organization doing that because Damian Lillard gave it up for that organization, that fan base. They can live with it. Any other player that wanted out, they're like, fine, we don't want you here anyway. But it's going to sting going to a place like Miami and they win a championship when it could not happen in Portland, and the ownership group cannot allow a fan's – experience or a fan's emotion to get in the way of making decisions because fans are always going to be elastic. And to your point, Amber, they root for the team more than just rooting for the individual player, no matter how great he was.
0: Front offices should concern themselves with fans to the extent that your job is to get people in those seats, get eyes on those televisions, get people buying your merch. Your job is to make money, right? And, and your fans certainly help you do that. So in that regard, then you should have your mind on the fans to an extent, but you shouldn't make emotional decisions like the fan. And losing the guy sucks. Like losing your guy sucks. There's no yeah. way around it. I remember going through it as a Heat fan with Dwayne Wade. That's the only thing I can even compare this to. And it's not exactly apples to apples, but Dwayne Wade could not have been more our guy in Miami. And Mm -hmm. there came a point where Dwayne Wade wanted a certain contract and the Miami Heat weren't willing to give him that contract because they thought that it was going to, temper what they were going to be able to do in the future. And so they end up parting ways. Dwayne Wade ends up leaving. It was really disgusting watching him in a Bulls uniform. I ended up, I think, working out for us, helping us get Jimmy ultimately. But, you know, watching him in a Bulls uniform, (laughs) watching him in a... Cleveland Cavaliers uniform like I I mean it was all, but
1: (laughs) at the same time
0: the dirty little secret was as emotional as we all were as fans with the departure of Wade at the time and maybe if we had been in charge of the front office we would have just thrown money at him and that might not have been the right move the problem the dirty little secret is the Heat were doing the right thing also for the future of their franchise like don't pay a dude for past performance and completely Mm -hmm. hamstring what you can do for future performance with other players. And the reality is they left themselves the flexibility there in the future and ultimately down the road, it ends up working out for them. It's a little different situation here with Damian Lillard, but even a bigger situation here for the Blazers because they find themselves in a situation where philosophically they're moving on. Damian Lillard is their best trade asset to allow them to do that. And so they've met a crossroads here with their player. It seems like he wants to move on from that organization as well. The best they can do is to go get the best deal from where he wants to go. And that's really the job now of the front office and the job of the Blazers fan is going to be supporting those decisions moving forward, but it'll make the sting a little bit less if they get a very good deal out of this thing, which is why they're taking their time,
1: because Kevin Durant does not mind having conversations like that on social media. I, I, I can't even imagine. Let's say if Kevin Durant was had a family that he wouldn't be doing this, and we'd be missing out <laughs> on all this great content and this whole back and forth. I think by Kevin Durant being a single man and having a lot of time on his hands and not being afraid to clap back at people on social media, it's just gold. At that time. Where I don't do you agree know. Does K
0: D have kids? I don't know, but I no, I, I imagine so. that K D could have like ten kids and I still don't you, know you if think I would have KD. Well, like I don't know, by a KD like so busy changing tight diapers when you're Kevin Durant <laughs> that like you can't fire up Twitter and, and engage. The reality is with KD is this man loves this. He like does. this man he loves it. He lives for it. He lives for everyone's always so surprised. Like KD, hey, just shut it out, shut it off. Why are you even bothering? Why are you clapping back at fans? Why are you engaging? He's engaging because he loves it. Right. It obviously drives him. Maybe eventually in the future he'll have some sort of medium in a post basketball career where that's all he does maybe he'll you know maybe he'll be taking on skip bayless or something one day like he'll just you you know go full argument i mean seriously with this kid but maybe that's the life he wants down the road right he'll take on stephen a smith that's where he's headed with his career so right now he's doing it on twitter with fans there's nothing wrong with him loving it it's just amazing to see because we're just not used to seeing superstars in his position wanting to engage with the average joe all the time on the internet
1: i would pay any amount of money to see that for two hours on first take. <laughs> Kevin Durant and Stephen A. Smith with their history, I right. would pay any kind. That'd be like a WWE Battle Royal SummerSlam. If you ever got to that point, I'm not trying to push stuff out there. I'm just trying to push stuff out there. That could possibly happen since she raised the whole thing about Kevin Durant. We're clapping back, but here, we're all for it because he seems to enjoy it and he seems to relish it each and every time. Amber Wilson, Freddie Coleman together, thanks for joining us this morning on ESPN Radio as well as the ESPN app, Series XM Channel 80 and ESPNU. So did he or didn't he when it comes to the resignation of Bob Huggins as head coach of West Virginia basketball?
3: this is
4: ESPN
1: Radio. I'm Freddie Coleman, Amber Wilson, together on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series X and Channel 80. Don't forget about us on ESPN
0: I mean, I don't think I'm going to let you do my boy Jay like that. Like, he's just Blue like Ivy's that. dad now. What are we doing?
1: Put it this way. Hey, in about 10 years. Goodness. My, we got Myra Metcalf, ESPN college reporter. We're going to talk about Bob Huggins and a Northwest situation. But, Myra, could you see in 10 years that a young kid would say,
3: oh, that's Blue Ivy's dad, and not know <sighs> him as Jay-Z? Yeah, I, I saw Jay Z doing the electric slide at Beyonce's concert. I honestly think he's just a dad now. Yeah. Like, I think that's see? his role. Yeah. See? Amber hates you. No, I that, don't the see.
0: Way. I do not see. <laughs> I am not going down this path with you two.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to leave that alone and move on to a path that Bob Huggins is trying to reestablish. Getting back his job at West Virginia, his lawyers basically said that the correspondence they got for his resignation, Myron, was not from Bob Huggins himself, but from an email account with his wife, who was the addressee. And that's what the lawyer's trying to bank on, saying he hasn't formally resigned, he's going to get his job back, and that's going to be that. What is your reaction to all of this involving another layer to the story of Bob Huggins?
3: I mean, I deal with crazy stories. Uh, this is something above that, you know, because it's, like, hard to compute. Bob Huggins came out, released a statement saying he had resigned, talked to his team, told him he was resigning, wouldn't be back. They hired his longtime assistant uh, to, to be his replacement, His attorneys have been talking to the university this entire time as early as Friday when this letter was submitted to the university demanding a job back. So it's bizarre. I mean, the the most fascinating thing is what the university is saying is we've been dealing with other attorneys like who is this dude? So this is a new attorney. No one's exactly sure what his relationship is to Bob Huggins. Bob Huggins right now is in rehab. So it's all confusing. Uh, You mentioned the thing about his wife. Sending the letter of resignation. um, There is an email account where, you know, essentially it says, you know, consider this my resignation. It does come from June Huggins. But all of the correspondence suggests that Bob Huggins resigned, retired, uh, and they could have fired him. So it's just all bizarre. Like there's no world where he gets his job back. If anything, he's just tarnishing his legacy even more.
0: Well, I'm seeing a world, though, Myron, from a legal perspective where he's not getting his job back, but he's getting a buyout with his contract that he wouldn't have otherwise gotten. Because assuming, I'm assuming if he resigned that he's not getting any money, right? But if he didn't resign and he forces them to fire him in some capacity, then maybe it's a different ballgame in terms of what clauses in the contract it could trigger. So I'm thinking that this is a money play where a lawyer found a loophole here that the email didn't actually come from Bob Huggins' account, that WVU didn't check and dot their i's and cross their t's they didn't check off everything on the list and they didn't actually get it in true writing that he is terminating his employment contract and so we would instead have a situation where they would have to offer him some sort of buyout and i don't know if this is worth wvu fighting in courts it feels like to me that they're going to throw some money at bob huggins to get this to go away
3: So you're the attorney, man, I just can't speak to the legal thing. I can't speak to the history of resignations, though. I've covered a lot of these situations. And what happens is a guy like Bob Huggins, instead of being fired, he resigns. He actually does get a portion of his money. And as a matter of fact, they were talking to Bob Huggins attorneys about his retirement benefits, health insurance and things like that, that Mm -hmm. come with the resignation that wouldn't be available for a firing. Is it a money play? Of course. But here's what Bob Huggins has to say. He's got to say that the university didn't have a right to fire him with cause when he made those anti-gay slurs on a radio show. And then a month later, he goes and blows a 0.21%, nearly three times the legal limit. Literally didn't know where he was in Pittsburgh, thought he was in Columbus, Ohio, had alcohol in the car. Like, West Virginia, to me, has had two cases in the last two months to fire Bob Huggins for cause and not pay him a dime. Will they fight it out in court? Sure. Sure. But I'm confused as to what Bob Huggins thinks he's going to get, considering the way he went out. And again, the thing about it, Amber, is this is a new attorney. So this is not the set of attorneys that they've been dealing with for the last two months. This is someone else. So I think West Virginia is saying we don't even know who to talk to right now to try to resolve this situation.
1: Great stuff about Myron Metcalf, ESPN college reporter, also host of Sunday Mornings on ESPN Radio. Hit him on Twitter at Metcalf by ESPN. Joining Freddie, coming and Amber Wilson on ESPN Radio. How likely, because I'm with you and Amber, that he's never coaching West Virginia again. He may go to visit and go visit friends and watch a basketball game, but he's not going to be in the sidelines. How likely do you think that Bob Huggins at 69 years of age right now gets another job in college basketball?
3: Oh, he won't get another job. But I'll tell you, they'll go beyond that because I think what he did with this latest move. And again, you got to think he's trying to force his way back to West Virginia and his longtime assistant has the job. Like, imagine being, you know, his protege. And this is your mentor. You finally get your shot. And then Bob Huggins phones in and says, I want my job back. So there's a lot there. It's not just that he won't get another job in college basketball. He won't. But. I don't think he'll be honored at West Virginia. I think that's what this ruins. Like there's no world down the road where it's like, okay, let's bring Huggins back. Let's all say, Hey, yes, he made some mistakes. We're still going to have a ceremony and honor him and do what we normally do for people in this position. I think that relationship is over. I think that divorce is about to get really, really messy. And I just don't think it had to be this way. I think West Virginia had two opportunities to fire him for cause considering what he did. They decided not to do that. They allowed him to resign, And they really go out graciously in some ways. And now this just makes it, to me, even worse. Uh, And I don't think any of this is going to help Bob Huggins professionally. And it's not going to help his legacy.
0: The lawyer in me is finding this story so fascinating (laughs) because they didn't fire him. You're right. They had two opportunities to fire him for cause. They didn't fire him for cause, which is certainly what I'd be arguing if I was this other lawyer who seems to have come out of the woodworks and found yeah. a loophole here, maybe with Bob Huggins' contract. Myron, Myron Metcalf on with us here for ESPN Radio. It feels like, Myron, that this is, of course, a money grab because Bob Huggins recognizes that this is the end of his coaching career, and so maybe he's trying to squeeze every last dime that he can out of WVU. Obviously, this is tarnishing his legacy right now, you think, though, that this tarnishes his legacy forever? Is this what people are going to remember from Bob Huggins?
3: Yes. Yes. I mean, you, you might ask some sports writer you know, people who love him to death and maybe they won't remember it, but I think fans will see that. I mean, remember, he gets fired from Cincinnati after a DUI arrest. Right. And now here he is at West Virginia in a similar situation. I mean, there's a lot there. It's hard to remove that stain. And again, I think there was an opportunity to do that. If he goes to rehab, he comes back, he says, Listen, I made some big mistakes. You let time heal the wound. He comes back and he's honored in some way. I could see that situation. But if you're trying to get the job back from the person that you mentored, who now has the gig and is doing his best to get it full time, and there's finally stability, I don't see how you, you look at Bob Huggins again and go, okay, that was the guy we thought he was before. No, you're seeing all this and making a judgment call about who he is. He could have really hurt a lot of people in Pittsburgh. Forget that it's Bob Huggins. 0.21%, not knowing where he was, this could have been a lot worse. And I just think this latest development only damages his legacy and image even more.
1: One of the things about Bob Huggins, real quick, 30 seconds left, Martin, is that he's been a guy that has been so ingrained in doing the right thing and telling his players to do the right thing. We've seen so many of his players do that, but yet it's it's constant with him, unfortunately, especially he's gotten older and older. I'm not trying to ask you to be psychological here, but Why do we have so many coaches that always talk about do the right thing, but yet it seems like constantly
3: they're doing the wrong thing? I'll tell you this. I met a lot of older coaches. You know one thing they never did? never really took the time to learn and grow and just work on the things they had to work on with themselves. I've talked to a lot of older coaches who are in therapy, who are trying to navigate their lives, but there's a whole generation of coaches who just coached for 30, 40 years, never dealt with their issues, and now here we are. And I think Bob Huggins is in that situation.
1: Hey, Martin, all the players are catching up with you, my man. Take care and be well and continue to do great work, okay? All right, thank you all. By Metcalf ESPN College Reporter, also host of Sunday Mornings on ESPN Radio. Like we mentioned, a great follow on Twitter at Metcalf by ESPN. So they got that investigation in terms of what's going to happen with Bob Huggins and if he can get his job back in West Virginia. It's not even close to what's going on with Northwestern football. And boy, did they try to sweep that away as quick as possible. We'll update you on that next if you keep it here on ESPN Radio.
5: Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only,
3: exclusions apply. This is ESPN Radio. I can't wait in a
1: couple of minutes to ask my friend Amber Wilson, by the way, I'm Freddie Coleman, together on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius X and Channel 8 and ESPN U, presented by Progressive Insurance. How would the Northwestern story be covered if it happened at a quote-unquote football school? You'll get her answer in about three minutes. But in case you missed this story a former Northwestern football player came forth allegations of widespread hazing within the program. He spoke Sunday with university president, Michael Schill, who is now considering harsher discipline for head football coach, Pat Fitzgerald. Now this former player who spoke to ESPN under the condition of anonymity said he told Schill about the hazing he witnessed and experienced at Northwestern. Much of what he said was sexualized. Schill in a letter sent late Saturday to the Northwestern community had said he will reassess the two-week suspension Fitzgerald received on Friday following a university commission investigation of the hazing allegations. The former player told ESPN, and I quote, Fitz absolutely knew about hazing in this program. Fitz absolutely failed by not intervening. Fitz knew, and he should have made it stop. And if he truly did not know, he should not be the head coach. Either way, he should not be the head coach because he is not monitoring and protecting the safety and well-being of student-athletes. End quote, Amber.
0: The words there of that student who is launching all of these allegations, but the university launched an investigation on the heels of these allegations because they knew about this back in December, Freddie, and they launched an investigation Led by former Illinois Inspector General Maggie Hickey, who determined that the evidence to cooperate claims made by an anonymous whistleblower, who's the student who you're referencing regarding hazing activities and events, essentially amounts in the fact that they discovered the coaching staff didn't know, in terms of what they could cooperate with the allegations of this student. They determined, apparently, the coaching staff didn't know. So they did have an investigation in the university. It was they did bring an outside party to launch and complete the investigation. And once that happened, that process played out, the university says, okay, two weeks suspension, because apparently coach Fitzgerald didn't know about anything that was happening. And we don't know what that investigation actually uncovered in terms of what in fact was actually happening with the hazing, but something it appears maybe was happening at some point, at least to the extent that the university felt like it should suspend coach Fitzgerald for two weeks. There's a lot of gray here, though, because now they're walking that back a little bit. Well, maybe we should suspend him for longer. There's, of course, a backlash because if, in fact, these allegations were accurate, then does it matter if he knew or not? Because shouldn't he have known? He's the head football coach of this program. If there's this level of hazing going on within his program, Mm -hmm. can you claim Innocence in this regard because of a lack of knowledge or are you responsible for what happens in your locker room? Because it's your locker room, and you're in charge of the locker room. And so that's the backlash here. It's why you have Northwestern thinking about walking back the suspension and increasing it, but you run into a real problem because, again, they already did the investigation. They already got the results of the investigation, and they already made their decision on the investigation. They said two weeks, if you now go suspend them for eight games, Coach Fitzgerald is going to sue the heck out of Northwestern.
1: Right. Going beyond that, and all those points are accurate. All those points are fair, what you laid out, because the buck is supposed to stop with the head coach, and if you didn't know about it or you should have known about it, you can play any kind of way. Either way, you're in charge of that program. But if you were any player in that locker room and knew that was going on and didn't say a word, then shame on you. If you're any player in that locker room that knew that these allegations, they turn out to be true, and you knew that and did nothing or didn't say anything or didn't speak out and tell your head coach or any other coach about that, then shame on you. It's one thing if Pat Fitzgerald as a head coach knew about it and didn't do anything. That's a worse shame as far as I'm concerned because you're in charge of young people's lives as a head coach. But if you're anybody in that locker room and you knew that was going on or you heard about it was going on and did nothing or said anything, then shame on you when it comes to Northwestern football. We can place a lot of blame in terms of his suspension, what should they have done. But to me, Amber, this goes to what you mentioned about the locker room. If these allegations turn out to be true and plenty of players went to shush mode and didn't say anything, then you know what? What kind of person are you that you allowed another human being to be victimized that way and you did nothing to protect your teammate? from other teammates on that football team.
0: Well, that is the story of hazing, though, right? I mean, that's how hazing goes on is the reality of the situation is that you sort of create this culture of secrecy and that nobody feels empowered to speak out even if they themselves are disgusted by the behavior. And sometimes you feel peer pressured to participate in behavior that typically you would never see yourself participating in. And and that's what creates this culture. That's why we do see this issue sometimes in sports. We see it sometimes in Greek life because it can be a community that just ends up getting in its own way in terms of not having the checks and balances in place to allow students to feel empowered to go report on their other fellow students or other fellow teammates. Northwestern's tried to correct that situation. They suspended the coach for two weeks, but also implemented a strategy of checks and balances. Somebody has to check on the football locker room. It's called monitoring an independent party that does not report to the coaching staff. They created an online reporting tool specifically for student athletes to be able to report anonymously this kind of behavior so the university would be able to look into it so they're doing what they can to try to empower other players to feel like they can come forward and report this sort of thing if in fact it's happening there's other northwestern players who have spoken to ESPN and said this absolutely did not happen in our locker room there's one northwestern player who spoke to ESPN who's a current player saying in fact that the former player who is the whistleblower in the this case had said that they he was going to try to bring down coach Fitzgerald that he was going to embellish details and that he was going to try to cost coach, coach Fitz his job so that's some of the allegations there amongst the current students is maybe there's actual personal vendetta here again though there was an investigation mm-hmm. yeah. and i would feel much more comfortable if the university had gone through this investigation from an independent party gotten the findings of the investigation levied whatever penalty they were going to based on the facts and the evidence and nothing else in the investigation and then told us why they were levying that punishment and then that was it and they didn't waver on it. It's like this wavering now with the backlash. It has me wondering... If the due diligence was in fact done and it seems problematic the way that Northwestern has handled this whole thing. It's been handled so poorly throughout this process.
1: It's amazing when you want to protect people that you'll do everything possible. But we also know this when the, you know what hits the fan, we know who they're going to throw on the sword and it's going to be fat Pat Fitzgerald. Now, if these allegations are not true, and a young man decided to do something like this, and you know what, brother, you got a lot to answer to for trying to bring down a program. And if that's not the case, then why did you decide to do something like this? We may never get the final answer when it comes to this player. But if these allegations are true, and you decide that that was only worth a two-game suspension, two-week suspension, excuse me, for Pat Fitzgerald, and then you decide to do more due diligence, then Northwest completely has handled this wrong. It always, always gets messy, Amber. When something of a he said, in this case, a he said, he said. That's what it comes down to with Northwestern football. He said this, other players saying it didn't happen, and the university said that Pat Fitzgerald did not know it was going to happen, but we got to suspend him anyway. That's too many gray areas going on in what is definitely not a black and white situation, but Northwestern did not help themselves, and now they got to even have even more answers to questions that they may not even, even thought was possible regarding the situation involving their program and their head coach, Pat Fitzgerald.
0: But that's why you launch the investigation, right? Because you take your time, you interview all the players, you interview all the former players. We're talking about a coach that's been the coach of Northwestern since 2006. Like, there's quite literally hundreds of players that you can go interview to find out about this behavior and whether it exists. There's evidence that you can go through. You can invite evidence. You can give everybody a cloak of anonymity in terms of them discussing these allegations with you. And so there are ways to sort of partner through this so it's not just he said he said one student coming forward and nobody else. you know there's obviously that starts the ball rolling with the investigation and then you go from there and you do your deep diving and you do your homework and apparently, apparently Northwestern did in fact do that it seems to be how they're handling it on the back end, though, mm. that's confusing me where now they're wavering on how to handle things with Coach Fitzgerald. And it looks very bad because not only are you talking about a very long tenured coach, but you're talking about a guy who also played for that university and means everything to that university. And so there is a concern that maybe there's a culture there at Northwestern that would protect Pat Fitzgerald. And that's the reality of it. Whether it's true or not, we don't know. But the optics don't look good.
1: Two words. Stay tuned because this is far from over, one way or the other when it comes to Northwestern football, hazing allegations along a sexual nature, and who is telling the truth and who is not Amber Wilson Freddie Coleman together on ESPN radio and ESPN you as well serious Section Channel 80 and the ESPN app. Hit us on Twitter anytime you want at Amber W Sports and my handle at Coleman ESPN if you 're twenty years of age or lower, is it okay that you have no idea? who Britney Spears is. That's been a spirited discussion, and we'll continue that next on ESPN Radio.
5: For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
4: Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
3: This is ESPN Radio.
1: You say one, I say B. One, B, one, B. Amber Wilson, Freddie, <laughs> got to together in
3: ESPN Radio and ESPNU.
0: <laughs> you have proof. <laughs> Right there. Yes. That Britney Spears ain't regional because everybody in the control room got the reference. When I said Britney B, all of uh-huh. y'all back in Bristol claiming that you're too young <laughs> to know Britney Spears' music. And Alan Yates claiming that it's a regional and cultural thing here. Uh-huh. Y'all still got the reference. All of y'all got the reference. To be I clear. When I said it's Britney B. It's not clear. that
4: none of us don't know the music. Right. It's just that none of us care. <laughs> That's completely
0: well, that's fine, but that's two and different accurate. conversations. I didn't say you had to care. No,
1: Wemby doesn't
4: know the music.
0: We just don't we care. We just don't care. <laughs> yeah, different.
1: exactly. That, 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 both those things are true. Not just can't be so, true, so, are true.
2: So the guy who sits at home scoring a game. Just oh, doesn't
0: yeah. Know. Yeah,
1: Pacocello. Yeah. Don't, that wasn't Ex, even like. Explain yourself.
4: That wasn't even a good transition.
1: It doesn't matter. And explain yourself. Transition. Yeah, you got to explain yourself. We're building.
0: You. We're running out of show time. There's only so much time to bring this up.
4: Right. Yeah. So. <sighs> Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. So I sit at home. I'll watch a Phillies game and uh-huh. I'll do a scorebook for it. What <laughs> yeah. is that? Is that such on a, a Saturday crime? night?
0: On a Saturday night? Was it? I think it
4: was the afternoon.
0: Oh. Okay. Saturday. Is that such Saturday. a crime? Is Still a hobby Saturday. to have a hobby? I was cleaning my house. You know
2: It what? looked complicated. It's not complicated. It's Very not complicated. It looked complicated. Yeah, scoring
0: a game is not complicated. It's just boring. I've what never scored a baseball doing? game and looked foreign
2: to me. Well,
0: because you don't need to, Alan, Because you can just pull up the box <laughs> score like everybody else. You know, internet. But, like this, scoring this, a game this, used to be much more. Yeah, of a sorry, thing Amber, my boat technology. was in the shop.
4: Sorry, I couldn't take the boat out on Hanover River.
0: <laughs> I took mine out for you yesterday. Uh-huh. Yeah, I it.
4: bet you did. All of a sudden,
1: first world problems have come to roost, haven't they? Packhouse, how long have you been holding that? The news against her.
4: Sorry, the the bridges out to my island. Sorry. <laughs> okay. By the way, visual
1: watchers hit us on Twitter, Coman ESPN. <laughs> And Amber W Sports being the transition, saying, This generation does not listen to music like we did. We listen to everything. They are more set in their genre. I'll say, I'll say, uh, here's why I I, I know where Visual Watch is coming from. I'm not going to say that this generation is set in their genre, but they're not a they're not going to be on board with looking back in the past because if something seems to be too old, they don't want to be bothered with
0: it. I don't believe it at all. The reason I don't believe or agree with that, and I don't really know, I suppose, but I don't believe or agree with it because when I was growing up and I listened to music and I had very varied tastes, I I still have varied taste in music, but I had to pop a CD in from a artist to listen to it, right? Mm -hmm. Or I had to turn on... A radio station, and Uh that radio station was a specific genre of music. Today, kids have Spotify and Cloud and all this stuff and everything, and every streaming service in the world, and Apple Music and everything else. They can quite literally access anything and but it's all fed if, to them and yeah. it's fed to them on mashups and it's fed to them on playlists but they don't want to it would be easier for them <laughs> they, it would be easier for for them to be exposed to different types of music today I, I, i'm not saying I old music I, Freddie, I i'm just yeah I, I don't know if i agree that they only like a certain type of music I, I,
1: i'm not i'm not agreeing with that either but what they want to listen to in this day and age they're not going to be back, going, going to go back in history they're just not doing that not the majority of this generation.
2: Well, you're missing out if that's the can, case. Yeah. Can we can we blame the old heads in this situation?
1: How? Like, How?
0: Sometimes.
2: How can we blame us?
1: Well, I don't
0: know. Um, Are you calling me an old head no, in this no, no, situation?
1: No, he's calling me an old head. I know, no. what, this is. I know what this arrow's being no. who's being directed
2: Freddie at. Freddie has this a background in music as a yes, DJ. I, yes, Amber, I do. you know a wide range of music. and Wide I would range almost, of Britney songs. Yeah, apparently. I would almost guess that both of y'all parents... Played certain music that y'all was around, and y'all were curious enough to learn more about it, right? A lot of Cindy Lauper. The old folks now, time after time, they
1: don't, they don't, they don't. That is a that
2: is a banger. Time after time is a banger.
1: It's a great song, by the way. The the older generation, we try to school the younger generation on songs. There are plenty of times the songs are remade, and we'll say that was originally done by so and so. We'll play the original a lot of times. Oh, that doesn't sound as good as the new the new song.
4: Yeah, normally the original's terrible. That's why.
1: That's not true yeah, it's at all. That's true a that's lot of the time. Stop. Name one. Big Mouth. Name one. Know. All Up right. The top of day, my head. <laughs> I don't if you know. can't name one, then then it, it, it just ruins your argument. If you can't name one. Like, right Freddie, now,
2: kids don't know that this. <laughs> <laughs> like this is like one it, of the that's most the famous samples between the sheets.
1: Ever. Yeah, but yeah. I guarantee a lot of but your generation samples. knows for Biggie
0: yeah but everybody exactly. samples everybody else 's songs I mean, but that was true and that was true with the music I was growing up too. They were all sampling artists from before. And I was none the wiser. You know, like there's a lot of samples that that I learned about from like, from like, you just mentioned Biggie. Right. There's a lot of samples I learned about from Biggie and Tupac that I didn't realize were actual songs in the seventies before them.
1: By the way, Jay Jackson is on Twitter at Coleman ESPN and Amber W sports. And he really is going to contradict Alan Yates here. He goes, I know you, uh, I know you, Freddie are a man of culture in the fits of Amber. I will respectfully point out there are three current shows on Broadway using Britney Spears songs. Zero have Andrew Lloyd Webber songs.
0: Wow. Is that true?
1: All Alan could say was one minute.
0: Is that true?
4: <laughs> <laughs> I one believe minute. it. I don't, I don't know to see no I, Britney
1: Spears uh, <laughs> no <fun> with you <laughs> He based it the Phantom of the have you been
0: to Bra- Alan Yates, have you ever been to a Broadway play? I've I actually know. been to three Broadway oh, plays.
2: You. Actually. Okay. When? Hamilton?
0: Let me guess. Hamilton.
2: No. No, no one's gone to no. Hamilton. I went to see. Oh, I can't think of the name of it.
1: Wow. Oh. That play that has no, a, no. made
2: Hadestown. up. Hadestown. I went to go see Hadestown. That's a good play. I've seen, uh, play. Good. seen that. Hadestown's good.
1: I saw yeah. Fat Hammer on Broadway with um, Marcel Spirits in the neighborhood. I just saw The
2: Temptations joining the know the other day. i I saw that on Broadway. Amber.
0: Yeah. I'm wow. involved Joined at the Bush I'm not sure that's on Broadway I've i also all, all, been to all, all Broadway Three times I went to see this play It was called Sex Act It was amazing Well apparently well, If I you go to Broadway it. now You can listen to some Britney Spears
1: And to see that I'd Sex Act oh, You, you, got, don't you don't just walked down 42nd Street in Manhattan
3: <laughs> <laughs> you see all you all want right. there I was
4: avoiding uh, yeah, that joke and my We line. nearly made it Through the <laughs> show Without
3: getting This is ESPN Radio